Aliens face off against humans in a game of hoops to decide the fate of their planet. Mafia, wake up. It's not Space Jam. It's Alien Resurrection. You have created a monster and it will destroy you. That's the one thing fans were clamoring for was a little more basketball in their alien. Uh, we needed movies. more basketball action. That was yep, that's <laughs> what it was. That's why this film is maligned is a lack of basketball action. Yeah, we saw the scene and we were sort of like we wanted more. To be fair, I did actually like the scene where she catches the ball. She just uh-huh. palms it when they throw it at her. Yeah. And then also, fun fact, Eric, that uh-huh. shot that she throws it behind her back and it goes yeah. in. Yeah. Actually did it. First, first take. Last take. They're gonna. They're about to give up on it and CG it, and then she nailed it. Ah, uh, that's funny. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Well, welcome back to the Monsters versus Men podcast, the bargain basement of the Monster Podcasting Airwaves. Where what was it? My tagline last week, Alex. Where two friends discuss monster movies. A week at a time. Something like that. Yeah, it was I'm, better last week. That was kind of awful. Better. But yeah. It was better. This week, we're discussing Alien res- Resurrection. And with me is some sort of alien hybrid himself, Alex. <laughs> and joining me is that mumbling man in a cocoon, Eric. Uh, yeah. Seriously, that's how I feel right now. I just mumbled through that introduction. <laughs> 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 oh man, uh, I've, I've got to get, I've got to get back. I've got to get my tagline. Um, yeah, it's good. Better from last week. Two friends try to stay alive and stay connected by chatting about weekly monster movies. That's what it was. There you go. There better, go. better late than never, right? Better late than never. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man. man. Uh, I'm excited to talk about this one with you, Eric. This is going to be, uh, this is an interesting movie with interesting choices. <laughs> it's an interesting movie with interesting choices. Uh, yeah, I think you could say that. I think you could say that. <laughs> I have heard less about this movie. I honestly knew nothing about it going in. Oh, really? Uh, That's kind really. of a nice position to be in. Like, you didn't know yeah. how they resurrected her or oh, any I of it. I no idea. Absolutely zero idea. Uh, I had heard more about Alien 3 and people not liking Alien 3 than I'd heard about Resurrection. So this was completely different for me. Yeah, this is this is like the universally, not universally, but almost universally hated one. Really? Yes. Well, let's, let's get into it here a little bit. Um, and we will, uh, yeah, we'll have a lot to discuss, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> The fourth film of the Alien franchise takes on a director that isn't necessarily known for his sci-fi prowess, Jean-Pierre Genet. Before Alien Resurrection, the Frenchman directed Delicatessen and afterwards Amelie, a quirky little European rom-com. But to start our discussion off today, does Genet have a distinct style that he brings to this film, like we've discussed with Scott, Cameron, and Fincher, or does his style fall prey to the Hollywood way. Ooh. So I'm not familiar with his works, right? I can say that it's definitely distinct from the other three. 
And I, I know that this is a hated film really a lot because of how distinct it is from the others. Um, because it is just so weirdly different. You know, each alien film so far has really carved out a really solid identity from the rest, I feel like. Mm-hmm. And this does too, but there's also like an element of it that might be too generic. But I, I honestly, I'm kind of lacking at the word to describe kind of how I feel about it. Because I don't know if it's quite, <laughs> maybe it is generic, but maybe it's, mm-hmm. there's something weird about it. And I'm so, I'm of many minds of the film. I, I love a lot of the ideas that are present in the movie, but mm-hmm. the execution waxes between like really interesting and a lot of, and a lot of times had me asking like what kind of movie was this really wanting to be? Yeah, I, I think that's a valid question, Alex. Honestly, what does this movie want to be? I, I, I'm not sure either, really. <laughs> but I, I'll tell you what it feels like to me, and maybe this will help put a little bit of words to what you're feeling. Uh, I wonder if you feel the same way. This this feels like a B movie alien movie, mm. which is great if you love B movies and Alien. Not so great if you don't. (laughs) Uh, I think what's happening here is something interesting, though. You get a script by Joss Whedon and a more quirky filmmaking style with Janae, and we end up with a completely campy alien movie. And just to be clear, I'm not saying that that's a bad thing necessarily. We've had discussions about camp on this podcast before. Now, there are other flaws of the film, which I'll get into, But I I, I wouldn't consider the campiness one of those flaws. That is what it is. You'll either love it or you'll hate it, right? Mm -hmm. It starts with the general, general, right, at the beginning, who is this over-the-top caricature. And then it moves into that silly basketball scene. Then we get the characters with the almost superhero powers like Elgin. You get the... Ron Perlman upside-down shooting scene on the ladder. Oh, my gosh. And then... It's just profanity-laden dialogue, right? Yes. It's like a sci-fi ex-special alien movie, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in a lot of ways, this film is the Godzilla Final Wars of the Alien oh, franchise. whoa, 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 whoa. But <laughs> unlike Final Wars, I would argue, the campy tone probably works as a bridge between some of the more serious-toned films earlier and maybe the campier tone of the AVP movies, which, to be fair, I haven't seen. I'm just guessing if we get Alien versus Predator, there's going to be some camp. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you could be right. The, 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 the camp, I will go ahead and say the, the camp of the AVP franchise is surprisingly less than this. Mm. Mm. Um, they're t- they take themselves a little bit more seriously, uh, at least – somewhat but but it, it, it might be some sort of bridge i guess for some and honestly this is a film where although i have a lot of mixed feelings about i can understand someone loving this movie and understand someone hating this movie mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and i and i do I, I do want to talk about some of the positives of the film for me uh because i i think everybody focuses on the negatives of this film too much when there are some pretty great positives actually first i really do love the way that ripley eight is done mm-hmm. like she's confusing in a way as she should be you know she has like this genetic memory of her past that at times makes her feel like the old ripley and other times make her feel almost like this hollowed out 
version of herself, which is fitting. Um, her moments of hollowness are actually some of my favorite scenes because she has these unsettling moments uh, where she has this like this just flips a switch almost to the stark amount of apathy where she just stares and just states facts about people dying and everything that's happening around her. But then also she's not concerned about it at all, which is not the Ripley we know, right? She gets worried, right? She gets scared in alien three and aliens Mm -hmm. and (laughs) alien and this, she never really seems that concerned um, for, except for one moment, which is one of the best moments of the film. And that's when she proceeds through the ship and she finds the area containing Ripley one through seven. Yeah. Which is like a really shockingly horrific scene. And it feels like the film kind of takes a turn, kind of leaning into a little bit of the tonal inconsistence for me. Um, But I do, I think this is like the perfect representation of the film. And I think it should have focused on this a little bit. You know, it's this kind of campy movie with some witty, quippy dialogue. And then we have this like brutal scene. Mm-hmm. And then it ends with a bad line of dialogue from Ron Perlman. <laughs> um, <laughs> Which most scenes in this movie do. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, but it, that scene is like so great. And it's like, it's so good that it's etched into my mind. Like I, I whenever I think about this movie, I think about that scene. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then other than Ripley, we do have like, you know, a couple other characters that are kind of enjoyable. Um, I do kind of, I do like, uh, call, you know, this idealistic mm-hmm. uh, to a fault, like to the point that where yeah. she's a walking contradiction with how she's treating the alien, right? Mm-hmm. She wants to save the guy, even though he has the alien in him, but she wants to destroy all of them to the point that she wants to kill Ripley. Mm-hmm. Um, and which is really interesting. I love that. Yeah. Which just, it's a really great character. And then we also mm-hmm. do things like, like Elgin, who seems like a really cool character. And he seems like one of the leading characters of the film. And then mm-hmm. he goes first before any of his other team, right? <laughs> right before mm-hmm. the rest of the scene, he gets killed very quickly. And it's just super surprising, which I liked. It led this element of, I don't know who's going to live and who's going to die. And some of them are surprises. And, some of them are, are, well, a lot of them are surprises with who lives and who dies. Because it feels like Ron Perlman's character, it feels like Ron Perlman's character is going to be one of the ones that goes, right? Because he's just a complete, yeah. he's so mean. <laughs> he's just so <laughs> mean, to everybody. He has it coming. And when he doesn't get it, it's a surprise. Because we do have a lot of people survive this time around compared to normal. And a lot make it to the very final act, which is really unusual. Um, for these movies, which I think is actually a good thing. It, it, it That way, not everybody is on the chopping block. I mean, they're all on the chopping block, but some of them get past that you don't expect, which is kind of nice. I, I do like these surprises. Now, uh, in terms of, uh, oh, and the other thing that I really like is like how the genetics of everything are really working. Mm-hmm. Like like the, the mm-hmm. plot's really great, actually. Um, and then the, the genetics of how Ripley is this hybrid. And then the aliens are a hybrid of her, which results in the queen having the weird human alien baby. (laughs) And, but I actually like all this stuff. It's like really fascinating. It's the execution Mm -hmm. that I might have some problems with, but you know, in terms of positivity, 
you know, did, did is there positives here? It sounds like there might be, or did you think it was overall like a complete dud? No, I, I didn't. Real quick, I said Elgin had basically superpowers earlier. I meant to say Christy oh, yeah, has superpowers. Christy. Who Christy was, you know, could shoot off a pipe and into someone's yeah. Head, he, right? he, like, he 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 was like Hawkeye. He could bounce bullets yeah, and like yeah, do he was basically Hawkeye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but no, no. In in terms of positivity, I don't think this film's a complete dud. Uh, so. I said to you earlier, you pro- probably either hate or love the campier tone. That's probably not true because I'm somewhere in between, right? <laughs> uh, I don't hate it because it's definitely entertaining. But at the same time, I don't think it works for the Alien franchise yes. so far. The Alien franchise so far has been full of serious sci-fi horror. I wouldn't go so far as to call it heady, but each film takes itself seriously as a piece of filmmaking. Mm -hmm. Resurrection, despite being much more gruesome in several ways, actually takes itself less seriously. Now, personally, uh, I'm not as big a fan of this approach. However, I I do think that the the director, Janet, has some real creativity in his shots and in his craft. I love the over-the-head shots, like on the ladder, when they're trying to get away from the alien. Um, I also think you mentioned it, that the most horrific part of this movie is the element of body horror here mm, yeah. uh, that we haven't gotten. I mean, I guess there is inherent that body horror of the alien being inside, yes. but it's explored more here. And it's certainly uh, really absolutely twisted, <laughs> but it's a really unique piece of his style. I also, like you mentioned, I like the character of Call and some of the themes that the film attempts to bring in through her character. Both her and the synthetic alien hybrid and Ripley 8 are attempts at human creation by other humans playing God. I liked what you said about Call being split in her motivations. And it's almost like she's programmed in that way. Like she is programmed uh, to be split. And it's like, uh, she has two different things, and she's she's torn between what she needs to do because of her programming. But isn't that all of us, in a sense, right? She is the most human of the characters, despite being the android, um, yeah. which I, I did find interesting. And I think even one of the characters points that out. Yeah, Rip, Ripley points is, it she's out. The most humane. Yeah, yeah. She, she's the most humane <laughs> of the humans. Yeah. Um, now, now, when it comes to the story, and some of the plot pieces of the film, that's where I'm left scratching my head. I actually think some of the ideas and I think some of the execution of those ideas works. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's almost exactly what I was thinking. Like, actually, I think the plot is actually great. It's, it's, Hmm. but it's like you said, it's the execution of the ideas that kind of leaves it wanting. Um, Hmm. Because the the beat to beat, if you laid the story out without, you know, the, the, (laughs) I guess the inflections on style and you're, I was just kind of reading the beats of the story. I'm like, yeah, this is yeah, like yeah. pretty good. Like, would I have him hanging upside down firing guns? No, we'll cut that. But like overall, <laughs> like this is really weird and interesting. Um, but that, I guess that kind of leads me to some of my definite negatives of the film and things that I would cut from the script. If I was the one looking at it, you know, there are times where this film just, the tone of it just doesn't know what to do. And I think that maybe that that's maybe the mashup again. I haven't seen any of Janae's uh, other work, uh-huh. Uh-huh. 
But if it's rom-coms, and then we also have <laughs> Whedon. And now this is early career Whedon, right? He hasn't yeah. really established yeah. himself. But I think the only thing he's written at this point is maybe some smaller films, but also Toy Story was his big claim to fame at this point. Um, is he, he, But he has that, that quippy dialogue, right? And I think there are two styles together. I think it's almost a miracle that the film came out as well as it did. <laughs> That's what I was saying, right? It's it's that style together that makes it this completely campy alien film. Yeah, yeah it's hard to believe. Like we we've had directors take on projects that are completely uh, like out of left field for us, and like hit a home run, right? Mm-hmm. But it's it's rare that you get two people, <laughs> two creatives that are just meshing like this and it, it leads to some real tonal inconsistencies um especially when we're really leaning into some of the horror elements and how we resolve those moments um you know like the the captain of the ship he gets the 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 second mouth hits him in the back of the head punctures his brain and we sit with a moment where he grabs he grabs the meat off the back of his head and looks at it and then oh, falls. Yeah. It's like, yeah. okay, that would never happen in another alien movie. No, no, no. And then the, the narrator during the newborn alien birthing scene, mm-hmm. totally unneeded. If that was gone, that scene would have been way more interesting. And I would have liked it way more. But instead, we have him narrating it, and we just don't get like visual storytelling, which is frustrating because that's maybe a character I'm, maybe that, I'm, did you watch the extended edition I, special edition? i did not that's the only version i had ever seen until i watched mm. it this time around uh this is the first okay. time i've seen the theatrical version actually okay gotcha um but yeah. that's a character that wasn't in the film enough to bring back and deserve narration yeah it, it just it just didn't make sense for me because it's so campy it's so campy but then we have like moments like that right juxtaposed with awesome terrifying moments where you have the captives the people that have been smuggled there and they're sitting there Mm -hmm. strapped down with the face huggers getting ready to open up in front of a ton of them right yeah such a cool moment and then we get ripley like i said discovering uh, her one tooth one through seven counterparts Mm -hmm. it really does feel like two movies were being made here at times and these weird attempts of humor just for the most part don't Mm. work. I mean, the floating skull of the newborn after it's sucked into the vacuum of space where it lingers on just the skull for a minute. It's come on. We don't need it. And then Ron Perlman's character is just almost, he's insufferable. (laughs) (laughs) He really is. And honestly, I was pretty sad that he lived to the finale because I just did. I just didn't like him. Dude, he's not the first time. The thing with Ron Perlman, this I actually this takes me back to what I was saying about Pacific Rim in our review of Pacific Rim all the way back in the day, where that cast of characters just wasn't a list cast of like actors. Like I don't view Ron Perlman as an A list actor, no. and so that also contributes to that B movie uh, yeah. style that I, I was talking about. Right. Yeah. Um, and he's, yeah, I, I'm the same way. I, I don't generally just like his style <laughs> in most things. Um, maybe sons of anarchy. Sons maybe, of anarchy is pretty good. I think he's, but you know, he's, he's a great Hellboy. Hellboy. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, Hellboy, you're right. But he's there. He's actually not Ron Perlman. Yes. You know? Like lots of these other roles, he's just Ron Perlman. <laughs> yes, he is. You're right. <laughs> Which is he, he's here and he is in Pacific Rim and he is in Sons of Anarchy. Um, but Hellboy, he actually tries something different, mm-hmm. right? So I, I'm with you. It, it was hard. It was hard. <laughs> <laughs> and then also the, the whole finale on the ship, you know, this is – the third time we're having some sort of showdown with a with a ship involved, um, but I don't I don't while I don't hate it, the whole sequence just feels a bit odd and really chaotic, but not necessarily in a good way. I, I don't hate it. I don't love it. I just don't know. Like you know, you get that chest burster kill where the guy finally has it coming after he gets <laughs> wounded. I guess it feels the need. The alien feels the need to get out. Uh-huh. And then he runs, which ties back to yes, ties back to the my theory last week. Yeah, yeah, which is exactly, <laughs> and, and I think it's a good theory, um, but I still don't like it. Uh, and, but it, so it's getting ready to come out of him, and then he does it through the guy's head right after taking like I don't know ten bullets maybe, um, mm-hmm. which is interesting, I guess. But it's just everything hits so fast in that last 10, 15 minutes. I mean, we get a brand new alien. It's just. It's a lot, but I guess to sum up my feelings, I I feel like the tone is a bit everywhere, and I think the highs really highlight the lows of the film because there are some really great moments in the movie. Yeah, so the the tone that you mentioned is is kind of what I've touched on, right? It's what gives this film its distinctly campy feel. It certainly feels unique in that tone. So for me... I think my issue is more in the focus and and not necessarily the tone. Um, You mentioned the alien birthing scene. Uh, To me, that feels almost out of place and completely unnecessary. It just doesn't have much consequence for the film. Yeah. And yet we spend several minutes on it towards the climax of our film. We talked about kind of the pacing and so much happens, but then we like spend a lot of time with this birthing scene, which is okay, I guess, but doesn't feel consequential. The ending for me is mostly fine. Um, I have mixed feelings on whatever this hybrid thing (laughs) that we, whatever it's called. The the, the newborn is what I think it's called. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. The newborn. I have mixed feelings about this thing. Uh, It's certainly unsettling, but at that point, are we even getting an alien film anymore? Right. It, it, It just feels weird. The xenomorphs for a good chunk of this movie disappear. (laughs) <laughs> Even after they escape, right? The horror becomes that body horror stuff and just the human depravity, which is fine. Uh, but the xenomorphs kind of lose their sense of danger. Uh, with the exception of two sequences, you know, you've got the underwater sequence and then the climbing the ladder sequence. Yeah, They just don't pose that much of a threat to our group. There's never those moments where you're like, oh, they could like an alien three. Um or alien or alien or aliens or alien three where it feels like they could just pop out of a corner and snatch yes. someone like that's not the tone of this film right it doesn't have that element the characters feel at ease unless they know the aliens are there and they know the aliens are there because they see them approaching yeah unless unless uh, the set piece is set up like like right. in the film then yeah. the aliens yeah. not coming and it, exactly. it's too telegraphed yeah, yeah. 
it's, it's there's no oh moment like in Alien Three where Ripley has run away from the alien after it's snatched her, Clemens, and then and then yeah. they're just chatting in the dining hall, and then a guy gets snatched up in front of everybody, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, there's just no the, the tension isn't there, right? The tension isn't there. It, there's fascinating aspects, but it just doesn't feel like Alien that we've had yeah. so far, at least. Yeah. That would be my summary. I, I would agree. And, and then I think the newborn is a, I don't think it's a good design. Oh, really? Quite frank. Yeah. It, I mean, it, it's like horrifying in some ways. And like, I get what they're going for, but I just look at it and I'm like, Ugh. like, <laughs> I don't, I, I don't, I don't, I don't like it, but I, I uh, see. Yeah, I, dislike, I don't like it I either, dislike. but I think that's like why I, it's unsettling. It's like, there's like those eyes that are kind of back in the sockets that are yes. sort of human. That part is fascinating to me, actually. And actually, you know, whenever it's dying, there's a look of sympathy that it's able to give. Yes. Which is weird, right? Like, and, you know, it's, it reminds me of a dog that feels too much like a human because its eyes look human. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? Uh, yes. If anybody has... <laughs> If anybody's ever seen Full Metal Alchemist. Oh, boy. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, that's what it feels like. It's like, wow. I've had those moments where I've like looked the dog in the eyes. And I'm like, that looks too much like a human right there. <laughs> that's how I felt about this monster design. Yeah, yeah. I think that is an interest. Those are interesting moments because there's that moment where it's got call pinned yep. in, the, in the, her little hiding spot. Yep. And then it looks at her like sympathetically, like, oh. And yeah. then it tries to kill her again. Yeah. And it also, it was like anytime it kills, it feels like it just accidentally does almost, <laughs> right? Like it doesn't know its own strength. Yeah. Chomp down on the head. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, that was like on purpose, but. but <laughs> But like when it killed, uh, I forgot his name, but it was the guy like, that knew the entire ship backwards uh-huh. and forwards. Yeah. But he just like squishes him like a banana. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> well, yeah. hey, Alex, on MVM Plus today, uh, before we get into our awards, we've got a Marvel versus Men October Halloween edition. Ooh. We will be reviewing Werewolf by Night. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited for our Marvel versus men this week. Uh, it's going to be a fun one to, to talk about. Um, it's kind of a mashup of our worlds over here at monsters versus men, uh, with werewolf by night. It'll, it'll be a lot of fun to review that. Uh, and that's going to be over there at patreon.com forward slash MVM pod. Yeah. I can't wait. All right. Awards, Alex compelling character. Who do you got? I gave it to call. Nice. Uh, I think I think she's really cool, and it's really that juxtaposition of ideals, right? She's programmed to care for humans. I think she even says that out loud. But then she's also found her own mission uh, through the database that she looked through, where she discovered, you know, the the whole cover up with the xenomorph and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so she has her own mission, and then her programmed mission. And it's interesting to see how those conflict when she's having to deal with. Uh, a, a still alive human host for one of these things, right? Mm-hmm. And she becomes very idealistic when it comes to saving him, even though that's likely not going to be possible. Yeah. So she's just a really cool character. And, you know, the Android reveal is also kind of nice too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Android reveal is awesome. 
uh, no, that that I actually was one of my favorite moments as far as the plot is concerned of this film was that Android reveal. Yeah. Um, yeah. My compelling character was Ripley eight. Uh, you mentioned her already. Yes. She's great. Uh, because once kind of like call, you know, you, you see how torn she is. And so I said, again, this film has some interesting, um, ideas. I, I actually think the execution of those ideas is fine too. I, I guess what I'm getting at is the vision overall and how it aligns with the franchise is off. Uh, <laughs> yes. That's maybe what I'm getting at. It's the larger vision and, and, and alignment that that's wrong. But to get back to Ripley, Ripley eight is she's, um, <laughs> she's awesome. <laughs> like, it's it's kind of hard to describe her because on the one hand, she's like an action hero. On the other hand, you're not sure if she's going to be a bad guy for a portion of the film. She has so many things that she has to cover, but eventually you know whose side she's on. Um, and it's the good side. But yet she's kind of the character that she was before, but not really. So it, it's complex. Yeah. Um, but that's what makes it compelling. Yes, absolutely. She, I think she's a great character. Even though, like... <laughs> The only reason she did this movie was because of money. Yeah, yeah. I think I don't, I don't think she phones it in at all. No. Oh, no. She doesn't. Uh, I, I'm really wanting to watch more Sigourney Weaver movies because of how great she is. In oh, these. yeah. Look, she's great in all of these, right? <laughs> yeah, she's, and she's, she really is. The performance is different in each of them. Yeah, um, it is. Which maybe goes into our Can't Believe the Acting Award. We'll, we'll go there and we'll come back. Can't Believe the Acting Award, Alex. Who'd you have? I had Sigourney Weaver's Ripley eight. Yep. It, it's like you said, there's times where she, there's that old Ripley that we've, we've come to love. We, we kind of see her come back with some of the things she says and how she carries herself. And then there's those vacant moments where she feels like another type of being, you know, mm. I think hollowed out is what I used to describe her earlier. And I really like those moments because she does feel almost otherworldly yeah. in that. So she doesn't phone it in here. And great to see. Yeah. Uh, what about you? Who do you have? So I've got a kind of a random character. This is Purvis. Uh, Leyland Orser plays Purvis. I think he's the guy that goes over the top. Um, and he's like, <laughs> when he's yelling about the monster inside of him, he's kind of gone insane. Oh, yes. Right? Yes. <laughs> uh, he, he just goes for it and doesn't hold back. Yeah. <laughs> he does. He goes all out. He goes all <laughs> <laughs> at that moment uh holds nothing back and so I, I i have to give it to him um yeah i mean honestly though um winona Ryder is pretty good as well uh, she's she doesn't have as much to do with her character as sigourney weaver does but but Ryder does her her job well here um mm-hmm. it's playing kind of that innocent uh, idealistic character you called her earlier. Um, I think that was a good way of describing her. So I, she's great, but that, that performance, that over the top performance really had me laughing from uh, Orser. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're both great in very different ways. <laughs> yeah. Which kind of leads into my most memorable line award. It was in response to uh, that character Purvis. And it's when uh, Ripley says, and I'm the monster's mother. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> that lines like it's that. so good and like <laughs> the the intent to like terrify yeah yeah <laughs> is <awesome>. there <laughs> what about you 
yeah, I had the the line from Ripley as well, where she uh, John is like, "Hey, Ripley, I heard you like ran these things before." She says, "That's right." Wow, man. So, like, what did you do? She says, "I died." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's good. That's good. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, that's a good shot. What'd you have? Um, so there was some really good shots in this movie. Uh, I was amazed yeah. at the amount of practical effects here, yeah. especially after the reliance on the CG aliens in Alien 3. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was, uh, you know, we still get CG aliens here. They look better than they did in Alien 3, obviously, because it's, you know, a newer movie. But um, the, uh, the shot where they're escorting the smuggled bodies from the ship, they're, they're walking across this walkway between their, the Betty, which is kind of a sign of what this movie is, right? It's not quite the alien, you know, because there'd be no ship named the Betty, <laughs> mm-hmm. but, but they're walking it off of the Betty onto the main ship. And it's just this huge wide open area. And I just, the set work alone was amazing, but it's just a really cool shot where you have them walking uh, from right to left with the, the carriers behind them. And it just, it just looks so good. Mm. Yeah. What about you? yeah. That's a good one. Um, <laughs> mine is the down the throat shot, um, of little baby alien about to oh. burst. <laughs> that <laughs> yeah. is such a fun shot. Again, I don't know if it's the right movie for it, but <laughs> or the right franchise for it, but True. it's really creative, um, and, and just really, uh, horrifying <laughs> on the other hand like oh my gosh <laughs> and it just burst out Re- really interesting yeah uh, it, it's cgi it, shot <laughs> it's an out of left field shot too it is it, it is. really is yeah. <laughs> just like a lot of this movie oh yeah um <laughs> uh unique awards what'd you have alex uh i had the yeah he still ain't dead award and that's uh to christy who <laughs> unbuckles himself and falls into water and we leave him behind um, despite the alien that's holding on to him being dead, he just oh, falls yeah. in the water and I guess he's dead now, even though the acid only got on his face. Yeah. Now I can, it was a little strange cause I'm like, why is he, I, I'm, I'm confused. Yeah. Like, that whole moment is very strange. I, I mean, you can maybe say that maybe he's going into shock, right? Uh-huh. Like from the pain, because, uh, even like Hicks, if I remember right in aliens, I think he mostly gets the acid on his face and his side and he's like completely shut down. So oh, it yeah. could be that like when you get this on you, especially to, I guess more of an extent than your ear, hmm. um, then maybe you just can't move very well and mm-hmm. then you're in so much pain. I don't know. It's yeah. weird, but uh, I don't know. He's, he's still alive somewhere. Yeah. Except for in a million pieces on Earth, I guess. Maybe probably. he's an android, too. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Maybe. What about um, you, Eric? What would you have? Mine was just Best Death Award, and it goes to the newborn. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Like that thing, or that whole sequence. Again, <laughs> <laughs> it's so over the top. But man, like talk about gruesome. Yeah, you'll remember uh, it. <laughs> you remember that, right? Like I, that's what I'm saying. There's so many moments in this film where I'm like, I'm I'm probably gonna remember that, right? Like <laughs> there are mo- more moments here that I'll remember than there were in Alien Three. For me, maybe even in Alien Two, like which is wild. But 
it doesn't mean it's a better film. It's just got some really fascinating stuff happening in this. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it's just such a it's such a weird movie, which is I guess means that we should probably just get go ahead and get into our final thoughts. Yeah, and let's ranking. get into it. You want to start? Or you want me to? <laughs> I'll go ahead and go. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, this this is such a weird movie, right? It's got so many really memorable moments, like. The moment where the aliens turn on the one on the third one in their cage, two mm-hmm. of them turn on one and kill it to use its acid oh, yeah. blood to escape yeah. the cage. Yeah, so cool. That's very cool. <laughs> Such a great idea, and there's just so many wonderful moments like that. It's just like this is such a great idea. That's why I say like when I see the plot, I'm like, this is great. This is great yeah. actually. But then it's just the execution. And the tone mismanagement that really drags it down. Like I could deal with uh, Ron Perlman, right? You know, I've, I've, I've dealt with Bill Paxton. I can deal with Ron Perlman. I, I, and, and it wouldn't really drag the movie down if the things around it weren't also an issue, Hmm. but there are like some really interesting characters here really weird moments that you know you'll never forget after watching this movie even if you don't care for the movie so i gotta give it a, a gamma tier i don't know where and it's not a high gamma tier <laughs> it's mid to low gamma tier somewhere but i uh it definitely is not a gamma tier because yeah. it is yeah. for whatever reason it is a pretty memorable film despite being ho-hum at yeah. times yeah yeah <laughs> What about you, Eric? I think we've spent the majority of this podcast just trying to figure out how to <laughs> categorize and think about this movie, right? If we're being honest. Yeah. I, I, I don't think the issue is in the execution or the tone. I, I actually think like with the script that they had and the filmmaker that they had, this is exactly the film that they were always going to have. And like this, the execution is done exactly right. According to like this sort of style, this had a different vision. And that's where I think is the issue. You might be right. Is like this, this larger, it it goes back further, right? It's like the, the overall vision of this film. It doesn't align with the alien franchise that we've come to expect through the first three films. Um, because honestly, like I'm impressed by a lot of the filmmaking here. Like it's, <laughs> it's cool. Um, I'm not always impressed by some of the writing, but it goes into that tone, which fits the quirky filmmaking style. So it, it's interesting. Um, that's what I want to call this film. Interesting, <laughs> which is a word I probably overuse on this podcast. Um, but that's okay. So yeah, this is a definite, definite gamma, gamma tier film. Um, if I were to rank this film, uh, for our alien franchise so far, it would be, um, below all the other alien films. Oh, yes. If I put the predator films in there, I think this one for me, uh, is above predator two. Um, for sure, because I like a lot of what this film does. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I've put yeah. this at the bottom of our list so far, but but it's <laughs> it's just it's such a memorable film for re- reasons. <laughs> <laughs> well, next week uh, we have AVP. Will we get back to the tone of Alien Three? 
or will we just wait and see? Pretty good. Pretty good. Hey, not bad for off the top of my head right now. I forgot to think of anything. Yeah. <laughs> I just hope that AVP is for me. Uh, and that hopefully it's long. It's length isn't too long. It makes me have to pee in the middle. of <laughs> <laughs> You were going to go to pee. You, you just, had you to. just had to, <laughs> as always, thank you for listening to monsters versus men. You can leave us feedback on this episode at nvmpod.com or email us at nvmpod at gmail.com. Become a bargain base my at patreon.com forward slash nvmpod and receive weekly bonus content, including special reviews, interviews, and host chats. And if you can't at this time, please review the podcast on iTunes or wherever you review your podcast. Those things always help. Monsters vs. Men is produced by Alex Cornette. Executive producers are Kevin Alexander, Faye Basier, Christopher Clavero, John Freeman, and Michael Herndon. Special thanks to our wives, comma, Rock Band for PlayStation 3, which forms Cell Block B, Louis Loops, Senior Honda, Drew the Collector, our Instagram connector, and you, the listener, for listening. Until next time, don't sacrifice yourself when you could just reach behind and grab the ladder. <laughs> and try, <laughs> try to, to stay, stay alive. Mafia, wake up, wake up. You have created a monster and it will destroy you. Uh, I'm excited to talk about this one with you, Eric. This is going to be, this is an interesting movie with interesting choices. (laughs) <laughs> it is an interesting movie with interesting choices. <laughs>